Thank you for tuning into this sermon from New Life Student Ministries. Our goal is to inspire, equip, and support our students and families with biblically rich and God-centered teaching. These messages are meant to be supplemental and not substitutional for our weekly gathering. We hope this sermon is a blessing to you and your spiritual walk. Man, I gotta train the women's ministry to do this for me. You guys are awesome. You can sit down. How are you guys doing tonight? Listen, I have been all day wrestling with what to say to you. And let me tell you why. I didn't know until we just sang that song. Because I realized in this room that there are gifts and abilities and callings that are being stirred up every single day. And all of you in one room singing that lyric that I didn't know it was going to be costly, but Lord, I'm going to choose to abide. Right now, tonight, gifts are being stirred up and we are going to stir them up tonight. Are you ready with me? So my name is... Natalie, Pastor Natalie, and four and a half years ago, my family moved from Cincinnati, Ohio to come to New Life Church for me to join staff with New Life Worship. And if you know anything about being a worship leader, you know that that is like the dream job to get a call from a pastor and they are inviting you to come and be part of something that has so much heritage and history. And so for me, just so many years ago, 30 years ago, I was in your seat And I was hearing the voice of the Lord stir something up in me. I was connected to a community. I was in a church that called out the gifts and abilities in my life. And I said yes to the Lord, but I didn't know it was going to be costly. I didn't know it was going to be hard. All I saw were bright lights. This is before YouTube. This is before social media. But I had been in enough big churches to know that when you say yes to Jesus, it must mean conferences and airplanes and hotels. But guys, guess what? It's costly. And when we say yes to Jesus, when we say yes to a body of believers, when we step into New Life Church, it isn't about who we are, but it's about who we are making known, and that is Jesus Christ. And so tonight, as he is stirring up the gift in you, you're not going to know how costly it's going to be until you get in it, but I want to say right now that he wants your yes. He had my yes, and I'm standing here before you tonight because I didn't give up. I didn't quit. I hung on to the vine. I chose to abide in Christ. And because of that, no matter how hard it has gotten, I have been able to stand before groups of people from five to 5,000 and say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And yes, it is costly, but it is worth it. And guys, I've been there. I'm a pastor's kid. I sat in the same seats you sat in in churches all over the United States. I heard the messages. I heard the songs. And I could sing it, say them and sing them in my sleep. But one day he got a hold of me. And it wasn't a now I lay me down to sleep kind of a prayer. It was a yes, Lord, you have me. You can do with me what you want. And then it got costly. And I took a step back and was like, whoa, I didn't know it was going to look like that. And the Lord began to teach me that it wasn't about connections and who I knew and who could get me into the next room, but that it was about being connected to a God who is faithful to complete the work that he starts in us and through us every single day. And that if he has our yes, if he has it, 
that even though it's as costly as the finest perfume, that when we break it over his feet, that there is a song, that there is a ministry, that there is a book, that there is a, a teaching gift, that there is a uh, entrepreneur gift that will pour out over the feet of Jesus. And guys, you won't care if you're doing it for a group of missionaries in Honduras or you're standing on that Hillsong stage, you will not care. Because all that matters is that you get to give your yes to Jesus. And tonight, I believe that there are some of you who have been holding back because you didn't know it was gonna be so costly. But we are calling out those gifts tonight. We're stirring them up. And it's through being connected to the body of Christ that you can stand under the sound of Pastor Chase's voice, Pastor Tim's voice, Pastor Victor's voice, Pastor Natalie's voice, and hear us say, we believe in you. And yes, it's going to be costly, but God is going to do a great work in you and through you. You cannot quit. You cannot quit. And the reason this felt so hard for me to talk about is because the enemy wants us all to quit. He wants us all tired. He wants us all disappointed. He wants us all offended. So that when it gets hard, we can look to the world who is offering us counterfeit and we can choose it over the real thing because that's easier. That doesn't cost anything, it's fake. But the diamonds that lay over here that we have to dig up through being in community. Pastor Brady says community comes to the committed. Every single time you show up here, little things are being dug up in you. Little words are being spoken over you. And that is the beauty of the family of God. And you guys, we need her. We need the church. And if anybody knows about wanting to quit, it's a pastor's kid who sat under the weight of expectations and rules and you can't do this. Guys, I wore one piece bathing suits until I was like 30 because I didn't think I could wear two pieces. There were so many rules, right? But God is not inviting us into a religion. He's inviting us into a relationship. And for so many of us, we show up thinking that being connected is all about doing. I want to work in the nursery 12 Sundays every month. And there's not even 12 Sundays in a month. I want to show up and do and be and prove to everyone that I'm worthy of this calling that is on my life. And that is not what he's asking us to do. He's not asking us to do. He's asking us to abide. And the difference is, is that the world says, prove it. And Jesus says, I've already done it. That when he went to that cross, he proved that you were worthy to stand in the presence of God before the presence of your enemies and to have a buffet set out before you, not because you're good, not because you do all the right things, not because you have straight A's, but because God has called you to do something and it will be costly and it will be hard. But guess what? He has equipped you to step into the thing that he has called you to. You can do it. And so when I was asked to talk about connect, it hit me like, man, I have loved the church my whole life. Since I was a little girl, first one in, first one out, I started teaching Bible studies and leading worship and, and doing all the things that a good church girl does. And it wasn't until I got to college and I realized that I wasn't just a pastor's kid, I was developing a pastor's heart. And a lot of you in this room, you come here because it's just what you've always done. And guys, guess what? We're glad you're here. I don't care what brings you here. I don't care if a cute boy brings you here, a cute girl brings you here. I don't care if you just like the food when we get to have food or if you just like the worship. Guess what? Good, you're here. You're connected. You're in the body of Christ. That's where it starts. But at some point, the Lord starts to make your heart beat a little faster and a little faster. And when you think about a friend who doesn't know Jesus, you can't help yourself. You just got to pray for him. 
And when you know that there is desperation coming, you start thinking of people that you want to invite. And when you're downtown and you start looking at homeless people, you're thinking, man, I, I want them to get to heaven. Your heart starts to change because it's no longer about doing, but it's about being. Because now our heart beats and it breaks for the very thing that beats and breaks God's heart. And that is how we know we're crossing over from just sitting in a pew and having good snacks and hanging out with our friends to stepping into a war zone of it's going to cost me something. And so tonight, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to the book of John, chapter 15, verses 5 through 11. I think it's going to be up here on the screens. I want to read this together to kind of set up where I want to go tonight. It says, I am the vine. This is Jesus speaking. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like the branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you will bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. I'm gonna pray over you guys. God, I thank you for the opportunity to stand before this generation and watch in awe as you call them into deep waters, as you call them into the uncomfortable, as you call them into their calling. God, what a joy it is to abide in you, knowing that apart from you, we can do nothing. And so tonight we grab back hold of that branch. We grab back hold to your power and we reestablish connection with you as we are so grateful for your church as we connect with her. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. So part of my growing up was I loved missions trips. I loved being part of the church whenever I could. It's why here at New Life you see me in so many different places in the building because I want to know what God is doing in every place that he is working. And he's working from our babies all the way up to our vintage elderly ministry. God is doing a new and a fresh thing every single day and I'm in awe of that. Just knowing that in churches all across the world, all across the United States, that God is doing a new thing from our infants all the way to our elderly. And so when I was traveling a little bit about five years ago, I got to go on a missions trip to Mazatlan, Mexico. I don't know if you've been to Mazatlan, but it's incredible. The ocean is on the Pacific Ocean and there are mountains just coming out of this water. I mean, it is absolutely stunning. And they were sending us to different facilities where there were some orphanages with special need children. And one in particular was one for young girls who had been rescued from human sex trafficking. And if you don't know what that is, these are girls from any age of 8 to 18 who were being sold as sex slaves up and down South America. And they were in this specific home because someone had either rescued them or they had run away and found this home. And my friends were the home parents to this house. And so part of the challenge of that is that they don't trust very many people, obviously. 
And so we were coming in as strangers, really getting to know them and wanting to help them get ready for their quinceaneras, which is our 15-year-old birthday parties. I was teaching them how to use hair wands and makeup, and it was really a beautiful thing. And so one night, we decided that we were going to take them to the ocean and have a pizza picnic. And I love the ocean. I grew up going. I learned how to surf. I love the ocean. But I love the Gulf of Mexico. I do not love the Pacific Ocean, but I did not know that until later. And so I've got all of these teenage girls with me, and I look out into the water, and I think, I'm going to be the cool mom. I'm going to take them to that sandbar out there. And so they're all excited. They've never gone beyond a certain point. And I'm like, yeah, come on, let's go. Look, it looks pretty shallow. We can get out there. And so I realize about halfway out with these six or seven teenage girls behind me that we're the only ones in the ocean, which, side note, that's never a good sign when a beach is packed and the ocean is empty. And we get out about up to our chest and all of a sudden there is a rip current that comes through. And guys, the Pacific Ocean doesn't play. Like the Pacific is not the Gulf. The Pacific is hateful, it's dangerous. And it has mountains under the water as well as coming out of the water. And suddenly we are over our heads and I see my friends who I thought were waving Like, hey, have fun. They were actually trying to tell us to get back in. And we didn't know what, I didn't know. I don't speak Spanish. And the girls start holding onto me like I am there, a life float. And we're going down. Like we are going under. And all of a sudden, a stingray jumps over top of us. And I'm thinking, this is how I die. I die in the Pacific Ocean with stingrays. Like I I didn't know. And I could see this one sandbar closer to us than the shore. And I'm pulling them like this chain. We're all connected. And we're just trying to get to the sandbar. And we finally drag ourselves up there. And we just look at each other. And the one girl looks at me and says in Spanish, thanks, mom. And I'm like bawling. Well, first of all, because I almost died. And second, because this young girl who had never had a mom just called me mom. We waited a few minutes until somebody could come out with a paddleboard and took us back to shore. And for the rest of that week, all six girls called me mom. Because we had survived something together. We had weathered a storm together. We had almost died together in that connection. They could see it in my eyes that I was someone they could trust because I didn't let go of them. Right? And I thought, what an image of the Father that He pulls us through the current. He pulls us through the hard thing. He pulls us through that offering that we didn't know was going to be so costly. And He puts us up on a sandbar and we look at Him and we see Him not just as this massive God in the sky, but a Father. And our whole language changes around Him. The definition of connect is to bring together or into contact so that a real or notional link is established. Many of you are sitting in this room tonight because you made a connection with someone. There was a link, there was a connecting point that made you think, man, Wednesday nights at New Life Church is a lot of fun. I love getting to talk to the pastors. I love worshiping with the worship team. I love game time afterwards. That common theme for a lot of you is Jesus. Because you may not hang out in school together. You might be in different groups of people or different grades. But when you come into this place, when you come into New Life Church, there is a connecting point that has one thing in common. And that is that you know and love Jesus Christ. And not only that, he knows and he loves you. And so you can look at each other with this brother-sister mentality 
I'm not going to let anything happen to you. I'm going to pull you to that sandbar and you and you and you. And we start to feel safe in the house of God. And that is the beauty of worshiping together and then making these connections. Because when you feel safe, when you know somebody's not going to let you go, you're more likely to latch on and hold on and think, man, I'm going to do life with these people for the rest of my life. But guess what? Things happen. And we look at the disciples, they are like one of the best examples of this. That we stay connected to the vine for community. They are such a great example of this. Because there were 12 of them, and they were fishermen, and they were tax collectors, and they were doing all different things, and they started following this Jesus, kind of wanting to know what he was all about. And yet, when Jesus went to the cross, and he rose from the dead, and he went up into heaven, you've got these 12 guys that are like, oh, What do we do now? We just made this huge bond together. We were following Jesus. Everything was going great. And now he's gone. And guys, if anybody had any reason to quit, it was the disciples. Suddenly, their leader's gone. And what's really hard when we connect to just a leader or to just a group of people, then we aren't learning the real meaning of abide, which is to stay put no matter how hard it gets, no matter how costly it gets. We stay connected to that vine and that's what the disciples were doing. They knew that Jesus had made a promise that he would come back. And he, they also knew that he had given them a mandate to go and make disciples. And guys, that mandate screams over our lives as well. It's that gift that we keep talking about, that stirring, that costly thing. It's to go and make disciples. And we're going to do it in different ways. But we can't hold on to people. we got to hold on to Jesus. People will disappoint you. People will move states. People will take other positions. People will leave the church, but God stays the same. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And when we abide in Christ, when we abide with him, it isn't this thing that can be taken away. It's something that we latch onto. When we abide, we say, I don't quit. No matter how hard this is going to get, I will not quit. And the beauty of the community, the beauty of the body of Christ is no matter how many of us come and go, the message remains the same. We're in it to finish it. That this race that he started us on, some of us when we were four, some of us when we were 14, that he didn't just put us on a track and say, good luck. He gave us this great cloud of witnesses that is screaming over us, keep going, keep running. And he gave us a body of believers, a family who are running beside us. And yes, some may go ahead and some may lag behind, but the goal is the same, to get to the Father and hear what? Well done, good and faithful servant. That is the goal, that is our prize. And when we are connected to a family of God, it's easier to abide with Christ because we get to see a little bit of Jesus in each and every one of us. There are people in your classrooms. There are people at your school, in your dance classes, in your sports teams, people you meet at the store. They will never know Jesus until they meet you. They may never go to a church service. They may never get to go to a desperation conference. They may never get to go to a church camp. But when they meet you, because you're connected to that vine, because you're loving as Christ loves his church, because you're abiding in a presence that cannot be explained. When they meet you, they know there's something different about you and they can't quite put their finger on it, but they just know, they wanna know who you know. And that's what the disciples were doing 
all throughout those years following Jesus is it was just like, all right, we're picking up our cross and we're going where he's going because we know that if we go where he's going, we're gonna see miracles, signs, and wonders. And it's not gonna be at our hand, but in partnering with what God is doing when we are connected to the house, we are partnering with what God is doing. And you guys, that is a gift to lead worship up here and to partner what the Holy Spirit is doing in this room, to serve in the nursery and to partner what he is doing in the lives of those babies and in their moms, to stand out there and greet with a basket of candy in your hands and looking somebody in the eye and saying, I see you, you are loved, God loves you, we're so glad you're here. Some people haven't heard that in months. And yet you get to be the one to connect them, not only to a community, a family, but to a God who loves them and sees them and created them. That is why we don't just come in and consume like a bunch of babies who want milk all the time. But we give of ourselves and we say, look, I'm here to worship, but man, I'm also here to do ministry. Guys, if you want to know what the calling of your life is, ask the Lord what breaks his heart and ask him to break your heart for it too. Some of you are going to be missionaries and you don't even know it. All you know is that when you see a baby from a different country, you can't help but your eyes well up. Some of you don't know you're going to have an inner city ministry, but all you know is that when you drive downtown and you see a homeless guy on the side of the road, all you know is that you just want to tell them about Jesus and you want to give them a house and a shelter and clothing and a protein bar. Some of you don't know that you want to be a teacher or a business owner just yet, but you're gonna meet someone who's gonna stir that up in you because it breaks God's heart for people to know him and it will start to break yours. And the exciting part is, guys, you'll get to a point where you won't even care how bad it's gonna cost, you just know you have to do it. You just know I'm waking up, I'm waking up and I can't stop thinking about this person, I can't stop praying for this person and the enemy wants you to think you're crazy, but no, you're anointed. You are anointed. The word of God says that the spirit in Isaiah is upon us to go and to preach the gospel, to break chains and to set people free. And the message is already in you. You just have to learn how to stir it up. You got to get it deep inside of you. And when we abide with Christ, when we're not just showing up and checking boxes, yeah, I was there Wednesday night. I was there Sunday. I was there at this and that. When we stop keeping tally of all the good things we're doing and we start focusing on the one who does the good things, things start to change in our life. And we go from being a doer to being a beer. And when we abide in Christ, guys, it doesn't matter who likes you. If you want to talk about a people pleaser, I'm the crazy woman who took six kids out in a raging ocean because I wanted people to think I was cool. Like that's, that's insanity, right? But when we start to get to a place where we just want people to see us or acknowledge us or validate us, we're no longer connected to a vine, we're connected to man. And that's what the world teaches. You got to be well-connected. You have to network. You have to know the right people. Guys, you know the one person you need to know. He is the one who makes all the connections. He is the one who will open doors. He is the one who will provide you opportunity. Don't attach yourself to man. Get connected to that vine. And that is where you will start to see signs of life. Number two, we stay connected to the vine for accountability. Pastor Brady said something that stuck with me a while ago. He said that this generation, probably mine and below, has started to reject the very institutions that reject accountability and humility. That's marriage and the church. 
When you start to get connected to a family of God, people start calling you out. Don't act like that. Don't say that. That looks ugly on you. They start getting real hateful. I get my outfits critiqued every week. They start getting real honest, right? But this family of God is kind of like this big dysfunctional family that you didn't ask for, like the crazy aunts, the nutty uncles, like all the people that you're like, I don't really know if we'd be friends like outside of here, but you can't help but love each other because there's something about the family of God that is exciting and exhilarating, but this, this part of accountability is hard to swallow because accountability calls us up. It says, I see this in you, and because I see this in you, I'm not going to let you behave that way. And you probably have encountered this in small groups or in one-on-ones with all the different pastors here. And if you haven't, I want to encourage you that you need to get a mentor and a discipler in your life who's not going to let you be stupid. The, The stirring up of the gift is not... The reason people give up is not because they're not talented. They give up because they disqualify themselves acting like morons. And it's because nobody was in their life to look at them and say, I love you too much to let you keep going down this road. I had mentors when I was your age. I loved leading worship. Oh man, Carrie Job had just started like... Darlene Check wrote Shout to the Lord. I was like, that was my jam. Like I was in that 1998 to 2002 eruption of female worship leaders that hit the scene. And I would strut myself onto a stage and be like, yeah, I'll be singing a Shout to the Lord in the key of A. Go ahead, we'll modulate up midway. You know, and I'd walk away. And I was like the next big thing. And I had a mentor come up to me and say, young lady, I don't see the spirit of God on that. You're on the front pew. Sat my butt down for six months until I could have an attitude adjustment. And I am here today because she sat my butt down for six months and would give me an attitude adjustment. People love you so much that they will not let you stay where you are. And being attached to the family of God is looking those crazy aunts and uncles and grandparents that you didn't ask for in the eye and saying, fine, Tell me what you see in me. And nine times out of 10, they're gonna look at you just like Paul looked at Timothy and said, I command you to remember the words that have been spoken over you. Those prophetic words that are deep inside of you that have been spoken over you so that you will not quit like so many people are doing. New Life students, I command you to remember the words that have been spoken over you. You have a calling on your life. And if nobody has told you before, let me say it to you for the first time. God has good and perfect gifts from above, showering down from heaven as the father of lights. No man can take them. They are irrevocable. You have a call on your life. Step into it. But we will not let you look like fools. We will not let you act crazy. And if you are in this house, you are stepping into an accountability that will not just change your life for the best because you're going to have amazing people in your life who are going to cheer you on. They are going to hold you up. They are going to cover you in prayer. And you will never have to wonder if people care about you or love you. The beautiful part of the family of God is that we fight for each other. And when you abide in Christ, when you're connected to the vine, you don't run from accountability. You run towards it. Tell me what to do better. Do you guys think that I'm the women's pastor and I don't have to be accountable to anyone? I hear people all the time saying, don't say that. 
don't have that meeting just yet. Don't send that email. No, you're too mad right now. You can't do that. Or when you said that, that kind of stung a little bit. Guys, accountability is part of the family of God. And what I'm telling you right now is that the reason that this is so costly is because the enemy doesn't want you accountable. He doesn't want you having to check in with people and making sure that you're living right so that you can be in leadership. He wants us all quitting. But the minute that it gets hard, instead of going to somebody and saying, help, we just walk away. And we decide to do plan B. Guys, God doesn't work on plan A, B, and C. He has a plan for your life. It's plan A. And it is a good, good plan. Finally, we stay connected to the vine to activate and to cultivate our kingdom calling. Nobody can tell you the beauty of the Holy Spirit in you and on your life, like your brothers and sisters and your moms and dads and your aunts and uncles and the family of God. I love that scripture when Paul speaks that to Timothy, when he says, I command you to remember the words that have been spoken over you. Because we so easily forget the good that is spoken over us, and we can somehow only remember the bad. In the family of God, when we are connected, when we are abiding, we don't have to live in the lies of who we were or who people think we are, but we can step into who God has called us to be and who people see us in the presence of God. And that is when on our darkest day, on our most costly day, we can step into our yes and say what that song says, you have me, you have my yes. You have every part of me. I know it's going to be costly, but there are people in my life who are every day connected to the vine, reminding me that I am loved, that I am cherished, and that apart from God, I can do nothing. And so I stand in this place of humility, and I stand in this place of accountability, and I ask you, Lord, stir up my gift. And I wonder how many of you have prayed that prayer, where you have actually asked the Lord, what is it that breaks your heart that you want breaking mine? How do I step into it? Who are the people you want to rally around me? And how do I stir this thing up so that when I go out into a lost and a hopeless world, I'm not clinging to people, but I'm clinging to you and your promises. And God, he is faithful. You guys, he is so faithful to complete the work that he has started in each and every one of us. God finishes what he starts. And what he started in you when you came into this world, he has not quit yet. He has not given up on you yet. And being connected to the church, being connected to the vine, being in community is a daily reminder that we're not alone. None of us are doing this alone. When you lay in bed at night and you wake up and you jerk awake and you think, am I loved? Do I have purpose? Am I valued? And you know you can't text your friends because their phones are probably off or in a different room. Guys, that is where being connected to the vine is most valuable. Because then you can quote those scriptures over your life knowing thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light into my path. I'm hiding it in my heart. I can say it in my sleep and when I'm scared and when I'm alone and when I feel like nobody cares about me. I'm connected to the vine and I remember the words that God has spoken over me and I know that I'm the head and not the tail and I know that we have never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed out begging for bread and we can remember all of those things that God has spoken to us in his word and suddenly we realize we're abiding. That through the power of connectivity in the church, that we have learned that we can abide in Christ and 
Seek that peace that passes all understanding and know that he has a calling on our life that is irrevocable and that we don't drop this. We didn't ever pick it up. Whatever that call is on your life, you can't drop it because you never picked it up. He placed it on you and all he wants is your yes. All he wants for you is to show up here on a Wednesday night, love people, love God, do it in a way that he models it in his word. And you guys, that's it. You don't have to jump through hoops. You don't have to have all the fancy words. You don't have to know all the right things to say. You have a God who loves you so much. And what he's asking you is just as he loves you, he wants you to love others. And that is the call of the body of Christ, to love God and to love people. And at New Life, we stand on that. We operate in that. We, we live that. And you guys are not the future of New Life. You are the now of New Life. And when you come in here every single week, you're not yesterday and you're not tomorrow. You are today. And there are people who need to know you and they need to know your name. And they need to know your story. And they need to know what brings you passion. And you may not be best friends with everyone in this room, but you guys, God, he's connected you here for a reason. And you're connected through the power of the Holy Spirit. There are certain things that I say, some, I say to people um, when I mentor them, and I want to speak this over you as the band comes. Don't grow weary on the vine. It'll be costly to stay there. It's hard to be different. When we were singing that song, I imagine some of you standing there, and you've worked really hard to be popular at school. I get that. That was me. And you just, you didn't know how costly it was going to be to say that you knew Jesus. And there are some of you who you want to go to a certain college or you want to do something specific in ministry or a different job. And things have just been hitting you and you, it's harder than you thought it was going to be. And rather than stick it out and stay and abide, you're already kind of thinking of your exit strategy. How am I going to get out of this without looking like a failure? How am I going to change my plan? And guys, I just want to say what Pastor Tim spoke over you. There's grace in our relationships with the Lord. And there will be days you want to completely disconnect. And there will be days that you've never been closer to the Lord. And he can handle you in both places. He, nothing surprises him. But as we were singing this song, I, I really sense that there are some of you in this room. And you know you have a gift. You know you have a calling. You know that you love the church. You know that you love God's people, but you didn't know it was going to be this hard. You didn't know you were going to lose family members. You didn't realize that you were going to have to have hard conversations. You didn't know that there were going to be sacrifices. And this abiding thing you thought you had, but guys, I want to tell you, nobody really knows how to do this perfect. Every single day we wake up and we depend on the grace of God. Every single day I wake up and I say, really, Lord, me? You want me to do this? But I was a worship leader and now I'm a women's pastor and it's not even my first choice if I'm being honest, but somehow you're asking me to stand in this place and I'm so unworthy and he says, no, you are worthy. You're right where I want you to be. And guys, tonight you are right where he wants you to be. You didn't come here by accident tonight. This isn't just some Wednesday night thing that you do. God brought you into the family of God to be reminded that you have a name, you have a place, and you have a purpose. 
and that you're not an orphan. And sometimes we can't help ourselves. We go back into that orphan mentality, like there's not gonna be enough. Like we look around the room and we think, well, they get to do that. and They get to go here and they're doing this. Guys, get your eyes off each other. You all have a seat at the table. At this table, at New Life Students Table, you have a name at a place at the table set just for you in the presence of your enemies and nobody can take your spot. There are singers, there are pastors, there are leaders, there are teachers, there are moms and dads. And you guys have no idea when you look back on this in 10, 15 years, you're gonna be blown away at God's goodness and his mercy in your life. And you too will find a Timothy like Paul and you'll say to the next generation, I command you to remember the words being spoken over you. Trust me, you're gonna be all right. But that is the beauty of the family of God. You guys, there is generational legacy in your yes. When you say yes, hell trembles and heaven cheers. And tonight, I think there's some yeses in the room. As they sing the song, the altar call tonight is twofold. If you feel like you've been disconnected and you wanna come back and jump back on the vine, you wanna wake up in the morning and know that you are his and he is yours and that that love that he has for you, you're ready to start giving that to other people and, and know that you have all the grace in the world for that. If that is you, that's, that's the first one. Number two, I think that there are some people in here in that last song we sang about it not knowing it was gonna be costly. You know you have a gift in your life and you know that it's stirring in you, but you're scared. And God is ready to activate that tonight. And so if we have any pastors or leaders, anyone in the room, if you would come on up as these guys are singing this. Guys, I believe that there are many of you who are gonna walk out of here different than you came in tonight. And I don't know what that looks like for each of you. And, and you can say that I'm wrong and that's totally fine. I know that sometimes these words have to resonate in our hearts and we have to go home and think about it. But if you've come in a little restless tonight and worship really moved you, things really moved you, I wanna invite you as we sing this to come forward. Let's all stand together. Guys, this song says, teach me to abide. What does that tell me? That means that this is not something that innately happens. Every day God is teaching us something different about what it looks like to be part of the family of God and to be a son and a daughter of God. If you come up tonight, it is not a sign of weakness, it's actually a sign of strength because you're stepping into that assignment. Do not leave here the same way you came in. And if that means during worship, you just come down here and kneel and you don't want anybody to pray with you, that is great. But I am begging you, give God your yes tonight. Whether it's yes to be his son or daughter, whether it's yes to ministry, whether it's yes to surrendering, whether it's yes to abiding, give him your yes tonight and leave here different. Leave here free. Leave here in that joy that we read about. It is unspeakable and it is full of his glory. So let's come, let's come and abide. He's teaching it to us now, even as we are standing here, he's teaching some of you how to do that. Let's sing it together. Thanks again for listening to this message from New Life Student Ministries. If you wanna keep up with what's happening with us, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at NL Student Ministries.